All right, guys, thank you for that. We'll talk to you coming up in just a little bit. Right now, we're going to welcome in our next live guest. We've got our editor at large, John Kingston, joining us to talk a little bit about writer's incentive plan. John, thank you for being here. And let's dig right into this. What is Rider offering and why is it so exciting? Well, first of all, Rider has a traditional brokerage operation within there, within the company, which I did not know. Uh, the brokerage there used to be needed to secure capacity for their supply chain solutions group and their uh, and their dedicated division. Um, but several years ago, they 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 amped it up to make it a full service brokerage that anybody can use. So a lot of brokerages uh, do have loyalty programs where if you're a carrier and you you uh, you work with that brokerage a lot, uh, do a lot of routes. Uh, do a lot of lanes, you can earn points and the points can be used for anything, gift cards. Uh, I've heard of direct TV subscriptions, Sirius XM subscriptions, that kind of thing. So what Ryder is doing, it's really unique and I don't, nobody really is in a position to do this, but them. Um, if you are a carrier and you use their services a lot, if you uh, carry a lot of freight for them, if you meet various targets like on-time percentage, et cetera, and if you use the tracker, if you book the book the, uh, the the load through trucker tools, uh, and so you can be tracked, you can earn points that you can then use to get a discount on a used vehicle. Now, this is not necessarily all Class A tractors. Um, in the first quarter, riders sold 5,100 vehicles. So we're talking about a lot of vehicles there. Um, if you become a Tier 1 broker, and you, you get to be a Tier 1 broker by how well you meet those kind of three those three steps, you know, just volume and performance and tracking, uh, you can earn as much as a 22% discount on the price of a used vehicle. That's that's the top number you can earn is 22%. So as I said, you know, no other broker is selling 5,100 vehicles a quarter. Uh, so really no other broker can match this. So uh, this is clearly a long way from gift cards. It's, it's really creative. Uh, whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. Um, when I when I interviewed uh, a gentleman from Ryder, whose name is escaping me now, um, he said at that point that already like 50,000 points had been earned. I, I don't know what 50,000 points stands in comparison to, but he felt it was a lot. <laughs> so this program is up and running. Definitely an intriguing program for sure. And it's going to be exciting to see how it develops. And John, you put out a ton of articles, a lot of news going on. Can you also tell us a little bit about What's happening over with Uber Freight? Uh, Uber Freight. Okay, Uber Freight. Yeah, there's a lot going on this week. You know, I, you, you're throwing me a curveball here, Anthony. I really <laughs> wasn't thinking we were going to talk about Uber Freight. Anyway, um, yeah. So Uber Freight is uh, came out with its earnings. They were they were poor. I mean, no, no, nobody's not poor this quarter for the most part. Uh, they had negative EBITDA of twenty three million dollars. Uh, they were positive EBITDA for a first a couple of quarters last year. I think the highest they got was a positive eight or positive five, uh, and they were negative twenty three. Now let's remember that that uh, that uh, Uber Freight today is not the Uber Freight from eighteen months ago. It did buy Transplace, which is a large uh, transportation management system used by shippers. Uh, and the whole idea was that they would marry this carrier network with this uh, great network of shippers that use the Transplace uh, the Transplace services. And uh, right now they're still negative. They're still a negative EBITDA even after all of that. So, um, you know, there's been talk about there, there was a story that Bloomberg carried in the first quarter that uh, Uber might be looking to do something with Uber Freight. I mean, it's not a natural fit, uh, you know, hauling people around or hauling food around and hauling freight around. I mean, I guess there's a natural fit to a certain degree by the fact that 
you know, this the technology is is matching of a buyer and seller of a of a particular service, but uh, otherwise it's 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 somewhat different. And I didn't delve deeply into the Uber earnings overall, but I read a couple of things that they were considered very positive. And meanwhile, you've got this this albatross here. Um, so I think that you know, my guess is that somewhere in in two thousand and uh, and and twenty three, the decision is going to be made whether to really keep this this group or to to dump it. And um, their performance is is certainly not helping any idea that they that they keep it. Look, they they might be better off being on their own, and they can get a kind of a pure a pure play a pure play investment case. You know, Wall Street likes clean cases. They don't like companies that have uh, have segments that seem to have nothing to do with each other, and really don't benefit each other that much. So, um, and I would say that Uber Freight within Uber kind of fits that bill. I think that if you need to talk about spinning off Uber Freight at this point in time, like you, in, my, in my time, if you're seriously talking about this spinoff, right, over and over again, especially with a company that's as successful and as diversified as Uber, and you mentioned it, the freight piece doesn't really fit with the people in the food. When you're looking at a potential spinoff, do we think that this could be happening this year or maybe even in 2024? Or could could they maybe see maybe a full sale of the Uber Freight division? If so, who do you think would be poised to possibly look at taking that over? Um, I don't know. Let me just say that Uber that Uber does not own all of Uber Freight. It has taken on some significant equity investment over the past few years, the identity of which, again, I can't do the race off the top of my head. Um, but so they would pr- presumably have to have the, uh, the, the buy-in of those outside investors. You know, who would buy them? Uh, you know, another digital brokerage, uh, you know, a J.B. Hunt. Um, I think that there was a report out by Morgan Stanley a couple of years ago that put the value of Uber Freight at about two to three billion, if I remember correctly. So that's the kind of the size of the deal you're talking about here. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I really don't know. You, you, you would kind of line up the usual suspects and, and then at the end of that, somebody else not of the usual suspects ends up buying them. But but I think the Bloomberg story suggested that they thought an IPO uh, might be a better way to go. And John, the news continues with ET Open. Can you tell us about the latest from them? Yeah, they uh, that's a really interesting story for those who don't know ET Open, e- E2 Open, excuse me. Um, it is a major supplier of software. Uh, supply chain software. They are publicly traded. They are. They became. They were publicly traded. Then they went private. And then they went public again through a SPAC a couple of years ago. Um, and they're. Uh, they, they don't get judged on the the basis of net income. They consider themselves a rule of forty company, and they're judged basic based on EBITDA. And their EBITDA performance uh, in the fourth quarter, excuse me, in the first quarter, it wasn't all that bad. But the uh, the earnings call was really really a, a whopper because um, the various uh, E2 Open execs there basically said the market stinks. It's very soft. It's getting really hard to close deals. It's getting very hard, particularly to close deals with uh, where the, the the value of the, the the deal would be a million dollars or more. And so the stock just got pummeled yesterday by close to thirty percent. So, um, you know, they're very open. It's, it's to read the transcript of that call is, is a real eye opener. They didn't pull any punches. It's, it's just a tough market out there. Let's face it. The word of the, the word of the month is soft. Every earnings call I'm on that's freight related says it's soft. The market is soft. Okay. I think everybody should have soft tattooed on their head right now. <laughs> so, um, and that, that, that word came up again in the E2 open. It came up. I wrote the, uh, earnings for expediters this morning. Everything is soft. So, uh, but, you know, in the case of E2 Open, you know, you're talking about 
uh, a, a software as a service, a SaaS product that takes a, to, to get a commitment on the other side, it takes quite a bit. And they're having a lot of trouble right now. John, this is just a fraction of some of the stories going on. Of course, we can go over to FreightWaves.com to get more from you. Of course, you also have your Drilling Deep podcast real quick for people. Um, how can they catch that and what time does it air? Well, it, it drops at three o'clock on Fridays. Um, and uh, you can see it on FreightWaves TV or you can see it on, as I say every week, all the leading podcast platforms. Awesome, John. And this week, so uh, this, week, this week, we've got a good discussion about uh, the cost of truck insurance. Looking forward to that episode, John. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Right now, we're going to head over to the wall with Kaylee Nix and another weather update. 